From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 53. Today's show is brought to you by Lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, Fracture, photos printed in vivid color directly on glass, and Red Hat, different for the sake of better technology. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. Casey Liss. Mike, how are you, sir? I am very well, sir. How are you? I am well. Uh, we established before the show that both of us has a cocktail this evening. Or, well, actually, yes. strictly speaking, we established before the show that you have a cocktail and I have a spirit. Yes. Indeed. Because you are drinking what, as per usual? I am drinking an old-fashioned. And I, as per usual, have a vodka and ice. And, uh, and you, you had corrected me earlier in the most gentle way possible that that is not a cocktail but instead a spirit. Oh, I wish you wouldn't have said that on the show because many people will say that I am wrong, I'm sure. But that's that. what we'll say is I invented this entire exchange and it was all a figment of my imagination. In fact, you never heard any of this. It's all a figment of your imagination. Happy anniversary to you. And you as well, sir. That's true. This is one year, is it not? It is indeed. Aw. What's, what's that anniversary? Is it like paper or something? What do I owe you? Um, I have no idea. We'll go with paper. Paper sounds right. I don't know. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I cannot. Although paper feels like it should be the zero anniversary because it's like, you know, you sign a wedding certificate. Yeah, pretty much. Let's see. Traditional anniversary gifts. First, paper. Oh, that's the traditional. Modern is clocks. So I will have to send you a clock. I'd prefer paper, to be honest. (laughs) Shall I send you some field notes? Yes. Actually, no. I don't need those. (laughs) You have more than enough. If you want to send me an Apple Watch as a clock, I'll take it. Ah, I see what you did there. Indeed. Uh, But no, this is very exciting. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but um, I guess we just did a little bit of a plug because we're professional podcasters. Before we talk about our one-year anniversary, shall we do some follow-up? Yes, we definitely should. Excellent. Uh, First off this week comes from Gareth, um, and Gareth wrote in to say that UK appliances uh, used to come without uh, sorry, with just the wire and the plug. They weren't wired together. You got a wire and a plug. And you had to install it yourself. And that's why it's taught in schools. If you remember last week we were talking about that, I was a little bit confused. Couldn't remember why I was taught that in schools. Uh, I think I remember this from when I was a young boy, um, but it's not been that way for most of my life. But uh, I do know that that is the case, and that makes perfect sense as to why it was taught in as part of the curriculum. That's very weird. It's remained. Yeah, that's very weird to me that you guys didn't have it all, like, connected thing. But... um. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's a reasonable explanation for why it would be important to learn. Yeah, I feel like now I should have looked up as to why that was the case, but it's, you know, it was what it was. We just didn't, for some reason, when you bought electronics, they just came half completed. Weird. It was an exercise for the buyer, I guess. Yep. Also, when we bought TVs, we just got given a bag of sand and we had to blow our own glass for the front of them, but. Is that a euphemism? Um, So Dan wrote in and said, getting someone else to do the work is not uncommon for tradies or tradespeople either. Uh, And he he went on to say, the cliche of the mechanic's car breaking down and the bricklayer's unfinished front fence and the plumber's leaky sink is a cliche because it's true. Spending all day working on someone else's car or property, or in my case, code, doesn't do much for motivation when you have to repair your own. I work for a car dealership, says Dan. And some of the technicians get their colleagues to service their cars for them because they would be complacent if they did it for their own car. Also, if a family member drives up with a dirty car when I'm washing my car, I will offer to wash theirs for them, too. You aren't weird, Casey. Yes. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting and not not terribly surprising. Um, I know that that from the people that I've spoken to, oftentimes they're their setup at their house may be like, for example, the guy who did our cabinets, who is actually Aaron's cousin. He had said that he does have some nice custom cabinets at his house, but the job isn't totally done. Like there's some issues here. There's a fix he's got to do there, but you know what? Yeah, I got it close enough. That's good enough for me. So. Yeah, but you have done development projects and do development projects in your spare time. That's true. Like uh, camel, which powers my website. That was a development project. And I did that because I was, not really being challenged at work and I really wanted to challenge myself in, in doing something work like, and I really wanted to learn how to write node and better JavaScript. And so I challenged myself to do it. And so that was a fun project. And it's like, you know, if you work on a modern, 
Honda during the day, but you fiddle with a 1970s Dodge at night. Yeah, it's still being a mechanic, but it's a wildly different kind of mechanic work, if that makes any sense. So it's it's similar, but it's different all at the same time. You also made the app with the feet on it. I did. May it rest in peace. <laughs> May it rest in feet. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about what Stuart uh, told us? Uh, Stuart um, wrote into me and said, Mike, you asked for schemes to make lots of money quickly. So Stuart's giving me lots of money. Thank you, Stuart. No, it's not what's happening. Uh, Stuart said, instead, you could tackle the problem from the other direction, making the money you already have go further. In other words, have you considered moving away from London? Obviously, I don't know your situation, and many people have good reasons for staying where they are, but it's worth considering other places, which don't have insane eye-watering house prices. Most of the north of England, for example, Sheffield, Manchester, and Leeds, are awesome cities which cost a small fortune less to live in than London. I am somewhat biased, having moved from southern suburbia to Manchester two years ago to start a new job, but it's been great and is definitely worth considering if you'd be able to manage it. Um, I don't want to live anywhere else in the UK other than London. Uh, if I'm going to leave London, I may as well leave the UK, is the way that I feel about that. Um, or, you know, basically to be not just on the outskirts of London. I would move to the outskirts of London. Uh, but I'm not going to move to a different city. Uh, I just don't want to live in another city. And plus, it's not, you know, like it's not just me. Um, my girlfriend's job is a very London-heavy job advertising. So for her, she needs to be in London. Like, it's as simple as that. Um, and... She moved from another country to come to London, so she probably doesn't want to go to <laughs> Leeds or Manchester or Birmingham either. Um, she studied in Birmingham, um, but uh, she probably doesn't want to go back there. Yeah, that makes sense. But really, if you're honest, what you want to do is just come to the United States, and this is just a small stepping stone in order to make that happen. I'm letting it play out to see who you elect president first, I think, now. Uh, I... I I've got nothing. I have no witty retort. I have nothing I can say. Art- there is a God. chance that you may, you know, there is always a chance that the the elected president may be a actor, effectively, but not even the good kind. Not even the good kind. All well, right. Donald Trump was a businessman, right? Yes. Um, and what I'm genuinely not clear on is whether or not he was a particularly good businessman. I think that he actually was. And please, if you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not interested. Well, he made lots of money. Right. And so he made lots of money. But the reason I say that he may not be a particularly good businessman is because many of his businesses have gone bankrupt in many cases numerous times. That is not in and of itself indicative of a crummy businessman, but it certainly doesn't necessarily indicate that you're a great business person either i don't know it really doesn't matter let's suffice to say election time in the united states is my least favorite time of year because it's just a nightmare everyone gets angry about everything and it's just a nightmare um but it is what it is let's talk about something that's much more happy and exciting and makes me a lot less sad let's talk about our friends at fracture this week's episode is brought to you by the great people over at Fracture. Fracture, a a really exciting company that make a really exciting product. Um, Basically, what Fracture do is they help surface the photos that you have hidden away on your devices or on like an Instagram feed or somewhere like that and help you display them at home in an exciting way because they don't just take your pictures and print them out on a piece of paper and put them in the post to you. They don't just take those pictures, print them on a piece of paper, put them in a frame and send them to you. What they do is they take the the picture that you love, the picture that you want to display at home or the picture that you want to give to somebody else and they print it directly onto a piece of glass. It's a very different way to see your photos displayed. When you put them on the wall, all you're putting on the wall is the picture itself. You're not having to put on a bunch of other stuff around it. It looks fantastic. It looks totally different because you see this picture, it's edge to edge, right? And you 
just see it hanging there on the wall and it really pops on the wall. Once you upload that your picture that you want to FractionMe.com, you choose the size that you want. You can choose either square sizes or rectangle sizes. Uh, they have three different square sizes, five different rectangle sizes, and those uh, rectangle ones go up to 21 by 28 inch. You select if you want, if you choose a square one, you can select to have a little uh, stand scent as well. But otherwise, you're going to get a little screw in the box, um, and the box itself is all very nicely packed. It has foam on the back of the uh, print, the back of the glass print, and there's also the box itself is made out of foam and cardboard, and it's all really nicely packed. I've had a bunch shipped to me from the US to the UK, and that has been without fault at all. It's very, very cool. Uh, And then you'll have a lovely print that you can hang at home. Casey, I believe that you are a fracture owner. That's true. I have several. Some have been gifted, some I've bought, um, and they are all beautiful. They really are. Um, My favorite is one that I had printed of the picture I took of Aaron moments after Declan was born, um, which I, I wrote a post about on my website. Um, it's probably the favorite, my favorite picture that I've ever taken, perhaps my favorite picture of all time. And uh, we printed that pretty big, and we have that on the wall, and it's just beautiful. And, and every time I look at it, I, I, I'm so happy because not only is it beautifully printed, not only is the, um, the picture beautiful, but it reminds me of, of that really beautiful day as well. We know how important uh, pictures are to people uh, because they encapsulate some of the most important things in their lives and there is no way that either of us would recommend this service to you if it wasn't going to do your photos justice and that is just a fact. Fracture prints are awesome for yourself. They're awesome gifts as well and they start at just $15 which is an incredible deal. And you can also get yourself 15% off your first order and show your support for this show by using the code analog at checkout. So go to FractureMe dot com to get started thank you so much to fracture for supporting this show excellent all right so we alluded to this earlier um this is a big week for you is it not it is it is so this week marks our uh, relay fm's one year anniversary and the one year anniversary of five of our shows Woo! so what uh, it'll be connected um the pen well the pen addict actually was already in existence beforehand so four of the shows so it'll be connected um inquisitive virtual and then obviously analog as well and analog was the only original is that right that's what i was building to but got myself lost in counting (laughs) uh yeah analog was our first original show yeah and clearly the best of all the sh- no not really but it is wonderful to be part of the original lineup i am genuinely pretty proud of that um uh, i'm proud of you guys i'm proud a-, a little bit of me too because i think that in some small part or in some small way I- i've been a part of making relay successful but um you know i'd say relay was a little successful so far what do you think yeah i think we've done all right I was just I was just counting there as well. So we have fourteen shows today, and six of those were originals. So it's still a small handful of original shows. But still, um, it's it's it, the fact that there's more than one is excellent. And and some of the new ones, like um, God, the name is escaping me. But the material is that right? The the mm-hmm. new Google one. I mean, mm-hmm. you're branching out outside of the. Let's all talk about how wonderful Apple is genre which i'm a part of don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not trying to throw stones here but let's be honest that's kind of what a lot of relay started out as um and certainly what my other show is all about and i'm I'm happy to see you guys branching out from that well the the network has been built on and with and by apple users um and material was the first the first show to break out of that and like analog ish because we're not about apple no, but that's what I was like, buy Apple users mm-hmm. as well. Like, the thing is, most, not most, a bunch of the shows aren't, aren't Apple-focused in any way. Some of them aren't even, even technology-focused, but they're all made by people of an Apple persuasion. Sure. So the preparation for this episode started a few weeks ago uh, as part of a um, Relay of Fields question from Richard. And he asked me how I'm coping now that Relay has basically exploded and I'm feeling overwhelmed. So I started writing up some notes on this and then it got pushed a week or two and then I started writing more and realized that maybe this would form better as a celebration of the anniversary uh, itself 
which which is, would be a nicer thing to do. There, if you have any questions about this next subject, um, the best thing to do would be to tweet with the hashtag RelayQA because on the 18th, on our actual anniversary, me and Stephen are going to be doing a live Q&A that will be available after the fact. Um, it's at 1.15pm Eastern Time on the 18th. So that might be a good way to get any questions in. This may also help spell some questions on for you as well, in case you had them, because uh, we're going to do that. The first time we did this was a year ago. It was, uh, well, I think after a week, we did it on August 25th. So the next Tuesday, after one week, we did a little Q&A on the live stream. So we're going to do it again, but this time on our first anniversary. Yeah, so one way or another, it is a big week, and it's been a big year for you guys. I, it, I know I've blown a little bit of smoke up your uh, hindquarters about this because I genuinely am so proud of you guys. But a lot of things have happened over this year. You said you started with six or six shows was the initial lineup. Is that right? Five. 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 I'm sorry. So five original shows. And you, and you just told me that there are 14 now. Yeah, 14. And quite a bit more. There's a lot more hosts than there were, obviously, since there's a lot more um, shows. Because how many hosts were there up front just off the top of your head? Ooh, maybe six, seven, and, something like that. And pretty much all of us were white dudes. Yep. And no, now, not pretty much everybody was. Uh, and now we're at like twenty, twenty-seven. And we have more women, but our racial diversity is still all kinds of wrong. Well, still, um, but I mean, one step at a time. That's something to be proud mm-hmm. of. Um, that sure, is, sure. Th- it's when you. When you guys said to me, I, I'm sure it was you, Mike, I don't remember who it was, but when you said to me, you know, we're thinking about being done with 5x5 five five and taking a break and then reevaluating. And then when you eventually said to me, you know what, now that we've had this break, I think we're going to think we're going to do something new. And I didn't know what to make of it because starting a business petrifies me. Like the idea of starting an honest to goodness business is scary. And especially once you start having like more than just one employee um, and when you start dealing with, I don't know, maybe multinational corporations or certainly having a, having an employee that isn't in the same country as the, as where the corporation is based out of like all of that administrivia alone scares the bejesus out of me. And I don't know if I were in your shoes and Steven's shoes, if I would have had the chutzpah to, to try to put all that together. But you guys just kind of decided, you know what, we're going to make this a thing. And then the next thing you know, it was a thing. Well, I think part of it, like once you get to, once you go down a certain road, and I think that I'd gone down a certain road uh, by that point, having, you know, had my own endeavor and then joining 5 by 5 and then wanting to do something different, it kind of made sense as the only thing to do. Like there, there wasn't anything mm-hmm. else to do. So the idea of starting a business, I don't know if initially it was like forefront of my mind. It was just like, I want to continue doing this stuff, but I need, I need a new like path to go on. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt that I'd walked as far as I could go down my previous path and I needed a new one. Um, and that for me felt like it had to just be something that I controlled again. But it wasn't necessarily something where it was like, I want to start a business. Do you want to start a business? <laughs> like it wasn't really that, that kind of wasn't really my initial feeling for it anyway. You know, I just knew that I wanted to continue doing what I was doing and maybe make a bit more money trying to do it. Uh, and wouldn't it be great if it could support me, but less about like, we should really start our own business. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's um, like the business is the consequence of just having a thing that I enjoy and wanting to keep doing it. Yeah. And you know what? That's probably the best way to approach it because it's not really a, a goal to aspire to. Like I was listening to the last couple episodes of cortex um, earlier today and you and gray were talking about how gray kind of fell into doing the, the sort of thing that he does. And in many ways, he had said, you know, I just kind of tried a few things. This is what I landed on. And it wasn't that I decided, let's do business. I decided, let me try some things and see if I can make some money at it. And 
it's not like you guys decided, let's do business. You just decided, I want to make money making podcasts. And how can I, how can I make that happen? Well, there, there are many days where it doesn't feel like a business, like I'm running a business. Like it just feels like I just do the thing. Yep. Like it's weird. It is really weird. Um, and it's hard to put into words really, I think, but it, it just feels like I do this thing and then every now and then it's like, oh, you run a business and it has people that rely on it and it makes money and it has expenses and there's business paperwork that needs to be filed. Like we were just talking with someone about doing some stuff that we need to do, some like business, businessy business things. <laughs> um, and it was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we need to do that part and we need to do that part and we need to do that part. And oh, we didn't do any of that initially because we were just trying to get off the ground. Right. And it's like, you know, uh, these things, I I almost don't understand how anybody ever starts a business. <laughs> like, it just seems, it's just weird. Like, the whole thing's really weird. Yeah. Because everybody must just not know what they're doing when they start out. Because how else could you know? I totally agree. I mean, maybe you have a close friend that's kind of gone down a similar path or, or a confidant of some sort. But yeah, I agree with you. Like if I were to to start some, you know, Casey Corp or whatever, I would probably be leaning on you guys heavily, particularly Steven, since he's in the same country. You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, but that's the best you can do, I suppose. Um, yeah. I mean, and the, one of the things that wouldn't surprise you, I think maybe – um, is a lot of people will say to you, I don't know, I did it this way, though. Yeah, yeah. How has it been working with Stephen, understanding that last I heard Stephen does occasionally listen to this program? Hey, that guy. He's the worst, isn't he? He's just the worst. I'm so mean, old. You know, working with Stephen is what I expected it to be because we'd worked together for so long in various ways. Like, we agree most of the time we always come to a, we come to a compromise every other time right you know which is kind of all you would ever want in that scenario because we mm -hmm. shouldn't agree all the time mm -hmm. so if we agreed all the time then we're not going to be right yeah i i completely agree with that um yeah. but like we we're always able to at least what kind of one of two things like either the other person recognizes that the other one was right in the first place or the other person appreciates and respects that the other one enough to believe that they're right. Yeah, that's awesome. You it, know, even if they don't think it, like just be like, I have faith that they know what they're doing in this scenario. Yeah. I got to imagine it's a lot like a marriage. And I don't mean that in a, in a nasty way at all. It's just there's a lot of good that comes from being married and there's, a, you know, bad parts here and there. But hopefully, and I genuinely believe that's... um that's the case for you guys. Hopefully it ends up that it's a lot more good than bad. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he does exactly what I need him to. And I think I do exactly what he needs me to. And I mean, I know for me, at least Stephen completes the parts of this business that I couldn't do as well as adding all the things that he adds on top of it. Like there are just things that he can do and things that he is good at that I don't know how to do or I'm just not as good at. And that's what it's why I believe that we've been able to grow as much as we have um, in the last year uh, is because between the two of us, we kind of make one good person. You know? Like, <laughs> I know we're exactly good on what our you mean. own, but like we, we cover up the parts that the other person isn't so good at. Mm-hmm because we're both good at our own things and that really helps us because there is the two of us and we're able to work on things together we're able to work on things apart and it kind of works out that way it kind of all shakes out pretty well yeah that makes complete sense to me um i'm going to start firing some questions at you feel free to take tangents or ignore them or what, whatever you so desire um, what has Relay, as as a group, as a corporation, as a company, achieved that you did expect? Like, did you expect 15 shows at this point? Did you expect... No. Oh, okay. So what did you expect, and um, and w w what have you achieved that's been on that list? I didn't, achieve, I didn't expect 15 
shows or 14 shows or however many it is. I think it's 14. Who knows? Uh, I didn't expect those six months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, we grew quicker than we expected and then quicker still. Yeah. You know? But I really don't expect us to grow much more than this because I think that, by and large... um we're at a point now where to to grow much more uh we would need significant significantly more resource than what we have because every show requires resourcing mm-hmm. like even if that's just time but like every show grows the amount of attention needed exponentially because even if you know if adding show 15 needs as much attention as it was like to add show 6 that would probably be accurate but show 15 has meant the other 14 shows take uh, they all basically when you add show 15 the other 14 shows have less attention that they can be given so even if it takes the same amount of attention to add a new show Every time you add a new show, you have to remove attention from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bigger and bigger that gets, the harder and harder. I find that at least to, to kind of reconcile. And these things may change, um, and it probably will change as we work differently. But like, just as I sit here and look at it right now, like I would be extremely surprised if by year two we're up to 30. That makes sense. Do you have a target number of shows or yeah, I, you've made mention in the past you have a target number of downloads, I believe, but do you have a target number of shows over the next year, two years, three years? We don't have targets for either. Um, we don't really have a target number of downloads. There's a, there's a target number of downloads in which we believe we can make money from a show, mm-hmm. um, but that isn't a reason that we would or wouldn't have a show. Uh, the reasoning can be vast. Um, and you know there can be a bunch of different reasons as to why you might want something. Mm-hmm. You might want something because it's something you just want to do. Um, it might allow you to work with people that you might want to work with, like whether or not that you expect the show to be successful or not. Um, there are a bunch of different things as to why I would think about looking at a show. Uh, but you know, more importantly than any of them, like would I listen to it? Yeah. You know, I, I would never have a show that I wouldn't listen to because that just seems weird. It's like it just feels like, why are you doing it at that point? Um, which is maybe why we don't have any sports shows. <laughs> I Fair don't enough. know. Um, uh, do you feel, to come back to the original question from uh, Richard, do you feel overwhelmed? Yeah, but I felt overwhelmed every day. Have but you- like not in like a, I am, I can't stay above water here. But like in the idea that like there's just a lot going on all the time and it's hard to balance it all. Um, but I would say that's probably the same for any any self-employed person. Like there are always things going on that you can't anticipate. Are you working more now than you did at the bank? Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like you're working more than you did when you were at the bank? No. That's no. important. I mean. I- I think I probably even work more now than I did with both jobs combined, you know, like the really? bank job and, and the podcasting. Yeah, I probably do. Because I still do the evenings and I, then I work all the days. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to be fair, some of your work is playing video games. But it always was. <laughs> just giving you a hard time. But it is, though. I know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, it's also every now and then watching a movie. That's true. But at least you're watching phenomenal movies like The Rocketeer and Sneakers. Marty. Marty. <laughs> oh, I, mean, look, I know that those things aren't real work. You know? Yeah, like, no, they I know are. that they that's are. not real work. I mean, it's a thing that I call work because I do it as part of this other stuff that I do in my job. You know what? Um, somebody said to me once, and I think his perspective was a little extreme, but there's some truth to it. He said to me, you know, anytime I'm doing something that I wouldn't choose to do, that's work. And th- he was using it in the context of like, if I'm packing for a work trip, 
that's work. And I'm like, well, mm, I don't know if I feel the same way. But nevertheless, if you're watching sneakers and you wouldn't have chosen to watch sneakers if it wasn't for me, that's work. And I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not asking you to reply to that. I'm just saying you, there is a very valid argument that that's work. You may have enjoyed watching sneakers or the Rocketeer or what have you, but it's still work. You wouldn't have been doing those things had it not been because of something related to your job. So, I mean, the, the thing about that is like, I don't enjoy those movies in the same way, but like, I don't get the, the pure enjoyment of watching the movie because I'm also taking notes. Sure. Right. That is like another thing that I'm doing. Like I'm stopping writing some notes, playing again, stopping writing some notes, playing yeah. again. But let me just take our second break. Please. Um, and then we'll come back to, to more of this, this stuff. Excellent. This week's episode is also brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform of over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. lynda.com is for problem solvers. It's for the curious, for people that want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com and get started today. Whilst browsing around lynda.com, I have found some amazing courses in the past, and, and, and I'm always interested in finding more stuff like uh, responsive single-page web design courses. Like That's something that I would have no idea what to do. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to get started today, but I'm sure that there are some people out there that would be interested in um, watching something like that and learning those skills. Um, maybe localization for developers. Maybe you have an app that you're working on and you want some help started in localizing it. You can do that stuff. Uh, Illustrator courses, Photoshop courses, Java courses, Android Wear courses, Xcode, Swift, iOS app courses. Uh, they do have stuff on music, podcasting, photography. You name it, lynda.com have got it. And with a lynda.com membership, you'll be able to watch and learn all of these things from people that are absolute experts who are really passionate about teaching. You'll be able to stream these thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule and at your own pace. All of their courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized chunks. You can browse each course transcript to follow along as you're watching or you can search for an answer and skip to that point in the video later on. You can download tutorials and watch them on the go with access on your iPhone iOS and Android devices too. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, go ahead and visit lynda.com slash analog and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much Lynda.com for their support of this show and for their long support of Relay FM. Indeed. Um... You were talking just before the break about how you're kind of feeling overwhelmed. You're working a lot. Has Stephen quitting his regular job made an empirical difference in that capacity? I know he's not working full-time on Relay, uh, and I know it's only been a couple of weeks now, but have you already felt some of that burden lifted, or is it just different? I know it will, uh, but we're still building to that. Like mm -hmm. We have to ease him in, you know? Sure. Uh, because Stephen's still trying to work out the balance in his work life. Um, and there are some things that he's starting to do, which uh, are either older things or newer things, which I don't have to do and have never had to do, which is great, but it's stuff that needs doing. Um, he has taken a couple of tasks away from me, which were things that took multiple, uh, has given me multiple hours a week back, which is great. So I can choose to to devote those to newer projects or just to get a little bit of time back. Like, you know, and I'm sure that over time, uh, the balance will shift backwards and forwards um, as we continue to work together, I guess. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes total sense. And I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Um, in many ways, I feel like I'm living vicariously through you too, because I don't think I'll ever have the, uh, the, the gumption to quit my regular job and, so I'm so anxious to see how it works out. And obviously it's working out well for you. And I'm curious to see how it works out for Steven as well. Because, you know, you guys are in different places in life. And that's not a bad thing, but it's different. Um, I had asked you earlier on, you know, what has Relay achieved that you did expect? What did you not expect? You had said you didn't expect to have so many shows. Um, did you expect to have as many downloads? Did you expect to have, even in your wildest, wildest dreams, did you expect to have some of these hosts on the network? What, what has surprised you over the last year? 
I don't know if I expect it to be full time. Really? Or that even this even after a year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how I felt at the time. Um but I think it's something I would have liked to have done, but I don't think I would have set a time limit on it. Um, I think it would have just been like a, I hope this is what does it in a good period of time. Uh, if I would have been a year in and thinking it's going to be another six months, I think I would have still felt okay about that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's totally fair. Are you surprised by the other hosts? Um, do you feel like you've landed any celebrities or anything like that? I mean, other than me, of course. Other than the one and the Casey list. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, of course. I mean, I, I'm there. We, I, I get to work with people that are just, you know, heroes of mine. Um, There are people that I have come to admire more and more since having worked with them um, or that I didn't really know that long ago but have gotten to know and over time and then after um, become to admire them. Like Brianna, for example, I'm thinking of like I began to admire Brianna um, and then over the course of having worked with her, really, really look up to her, you know? Sure. Uh, like, I've, be- I've become familiar with her um, a few months before Rocket began, uh, and, you know, over time I've just become more and more uh, fascinated by her as a person and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, there are people like Jason and uh, people like Merlin and John, like getting to work with these people and have you know having been fans of their work for years before they knew who I was and then years after they luckily knew who I was to the point where uh I now run a thing that they have a part in that they choose to be a part of that they wanted to be a part of um you know it's been an incredible thing looking back and it is you know that old if i could tell me of five years ago but that you know with those three especially just because of how long i've enjoyed their work um getting to tell be at being in the scenario where i could go back and tell myself of a few years ago that this is the thing like the same with andy and Atko as well like i don't get to host a show of andy you know it's the same as i don't with Merlin and john either but like you know we get to have andy um, as part of the network is like crazy to me because I've been following Andy for like five or six years. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, these are people that are just, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on, but like I think of of those four people as people that I have known for the longest and looked up to the longest. Um, and it's like that is just an incredible thing to me that that is a thing that happens today. Um, and then, you know, shows that I've loved for such a long time, like Mac Power Users. Um, Mac Power Users is like just a a real kind of thing in our industry. You know, like oh, Mac Power Users is like an institution and we get to give it a home now uh, is really incredible to me that like, we get to be able to do stuff like that. What have you personally achieved that you didn't expect? I mean, you've made mention of of having this be your full time gig, but aside from that, you know, what have you done? And it could be something as stupid as figuring out something different in logic, or it could be something as amazing as landing, I don't know, Merlin Mann and John Syracuse. I think, you know, saying about the logic stuff, like my knowledge about how a lot of this stuff comes together uh, has changed a lot. And like, so for me personally, I feel like I've become an becoming well i've become a lot more knowledgeable about speaking speaking (laughs) words and stuff Uh, i feel like i've become a lot more knowledgeable about what it actually takes to to make this kind of stuff and behind the app was an achievement um and breaking out of my comfort zone to create something so different uh was was a big achievement because that's the biggest single departure that i've made um in the over five years that I've been doing this, you know, five and a half years that I've been doing this. Sure. Because I've always had a similar kind of style, a similar kind of format, and breaking out of that to create Behind the App was one of the biggest things that I think I've achieved in the last year. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll do anything like that again? Uh, It's tough to say. I mean, I'm working on some ideas that incorporate elements of that kind of thing. 
um, but nothing. I don't see anything in my immediate future that is that that goes as deep as that did. Like uh, conducting multiple hours of interviews, cutting those interviews into pieces, writing scripts, having overall outlines and overarching plots for the season. I, I can't imagine that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, not right now. I mean, I'm sure I would like to do something like that again, but I got really burnt out and uh, I want to take a break before going back to something like that. Um, I also don't imagine myself taking such a big leap in any specific direction you know that's away from what I do like I imagine changing over time and that kind of stuff but I really struggle to imagine taking a a jump that that far away from the stuff that I currently do and and I and I want to continue to reincorporate parts of what I did in behind the app into other stuff that I do but like the idea of taking everything that I do now or everything that I've ever done and going in a direction that is completely different to that, which is what I think behind the app was. Um, I don't, I don't envision doing that kind of thing for a long time. Yeah. Have you thought a lot about ways in which you can change what we think of as podcasting? I think behind the app is an example of that where it was way more produced, not just a couple of people shooting the crap you know and talking to each other it was it was considerably more produced more thought out have you thought about doing anything like that have you thought about doing regular meetups or anything along those lines like i'm sitting here thinking to myself you know if you and i really wanted to make analog you know the the number one podcast on the internet what could we do to make things different and better could we have you know meetups twice a year where one one time i go to london one time you come to richmond could we could we do something else? Have you thought much about kind of taking it to the next level, but not in terms of shows and in terms of hosts, but in terms of something else entirely? Any hints you want to drop? I don't think I have those kinds of ideas. All right. In all honesty, like I don't think that I'm the savior of podcasting. <laughs> like and I, I really, and I just, I just don't, I don't think of myself in the way of like, I can, you know, I can push this medium to places it's never expected. Like I just like to make good stuff and make it as good as I can make it. Um, and I don't really think like in those terms really of how big can I make this? Like when I'm starting a new project, I'm like, how big could it be? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like say, okay, this show gets 10,000 downloads an episode. How can I get it to 60? Right, I don't really think like that. I'm very happy with like um, getting a good number that sustains itself and makes money and everyone's happy and then keeping that number or just it very slowly going up. I'm very happy with that. Like, I don't feel like I need more than that. Like, I, I want to be able to, to, to live a comfortable life, a happy life where I make more money than I specifically need. You know, I've spoken about this on this show before, but I'm not interested in being a millionaire. Like, I just want to live a, a good life where I don't, I don't want for much, um, but I don't live into excess. You know, like I just, you know, and I just want this to be able to give me that. Like, I don't, I don't really look at trying to to have the biggest podcast in the world. Like, it's just not something that that really interests me. I, I like having an audience. I like that my audience is large. I like that our audiences are growing. I love all that stuff because it's marks of success. Um, but I'm not like, I don't think we need to be bigger than NPR. Yeah. And that's fair. I don't know. I just like, I've been thinking a lot lately about, you know, what can be done to make the shows that I'm a part of. I was going to say more interesting. But that's not really what I mean. Just better. Is it reaching out to the fans in a different way by doing meetups? Um, is it something else entirely? I honestly don't know. Is, is Making the shows better is different to me to making them more successful. Sure. Do you consider meetup part of column A or column B in this context? I don't think it makes the show any different. I think it just helps you engage with the people that want to spend time with you. Sure. You know? or that, that enjoy what you do and want to hang out. Like, 
I don't think that the meetups that meetups were really enhanced the show in any specific way. Sure, and I'm I'm using that just as a silly example. I'm not saying that that's really the right answer, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what what we as podcasters, as professional podcasters, even, um, or I guess would would we be professional podcaster? Is that how that works? Anyways, I'm, I think it's podcasters. Ah, I got you. Okay. Um, and as Mr. Soup is pointing out, really what I'm just angling to do is uh, get a free trip to London on Relay's dime. Um, what have you not yet achieved as part of Relay, either you personally or Relay uh, uh, as, a, as a group? What, if, what have you not yet to achieve? What, do, what are you looking to achieve soon, be that in a year or 10 years? I don't know. Cool. Good talk. Uh, just the- no, no, seriously, <laughs> I don't know. Cause- no, I'm just giving you a hard time. We didn't really have any goals that we defined, um, and we haven't got any goals that we have that we're thinking about now. Like you know, the the thing that we spoke about early on, and uh, talk about it now. Like originally, we spoke about gender diversity, um, and now I think we've achieved that. Um, and now I think that we need to just think about greater diversity as a whole, um, just because it's important. Sure, uh, but I, d- I don't have any specific ideas as to how you go about doing that. Um, just, just we just try and think about the decisions that we make. Uh, but I don't. I think that this is something we probably should try and outline. Goals, yeah? you mean? Like, yeah. But I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you what they were right now because I. Stephen, I'm sure, has a better idea than I do, but I just don't have any idea. <laughs> That's okay. I live a lot in the day-to-day. Do you feel like Stephen lives a lot in the future? I don't think so. No, no, like, I don't think specifically that, like, oh, he is the person that lives in the future. Like, I don't. But I just think I personally just do live a lot in the day-to-day, which is why, you know, I, in the same vein, like, I don't, and I think that ties into like I don't consider myself as a savior of podcasting. I don't, um, I don't feel like I'm running a business. You know, like it just feels like I'm doing every day, mm-hmm. and I just deal with I do what needs to be done on that day. Uh, and and I think that that is I don't know what that is a sign of. I don't know if that's a sign of some mentality about me uh, because I don't I don't necessarily think that is my personality. I don't know if that means that I am overstretched. I don't know what it means. But when I think about our business, I think a lot about the immediate things that need to be done and the immediate things that we're going to deal with. And I don't know how much I think about what's going to be like in a year or in five years. The only thing I do think about is like, will we still be here in ten years? Because <laughs> I don't know, right? Like, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen in ten years. It is something that every now and then just punches me in the gut, or it's like, oh god, imagine doing something else. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have to hope that I won't ever that won't ever have to happen to me because podcasting's already ten years old, and it's only now hitting its renaissance. Yeah, it's it's funny to me because I think of ATP and and I think of analog and I think what if either of those go away, and that's just like a, something I do on the side. I I can't imagine you know having those same sorts of thoughts when it's my one and only livelihood. But you're right to think it. But I don't think you're you need to worry about it too much. Um, does the pace of what you've achieved really scare you? Like I mean, you've been you've been working quickly. Not really, um, and it's because most I think everything that has happened so far have been opportunities that have just come our way. Like sure. as I said, like we didn't have anything that we set out to be able to do, so we haven't achieved things quickly or slowly. But like these are just things that came up, and we we took the opportunities. Yeah, but I don't feel scared about the the speed that we've grown because it doesn't feel like it's been a year and that's probably the best sign of all if you're saying that you don't even feel like this year has been a year that's probably a pretty good thing i mean like in the fact that i feel like i've been doing it forever forever oh. well fine <laughs> that's not a mind. bad thing because <laughs> it just feels like that this is just the thing that i've always done 
Yeah, that, that that's good, and that makes sense. I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know how to put into words other than to say the same thing I've said 18 times, which is I'm so incredibly proud of you guys. I'm so thankful to be a part of such a wonderful network. I know that you guys are doing the right thing by your hosts. I know you're doing the right thing by the community, and, you know, you might stumble here and there. You might have an issue here or there, but... I know and I believe deep down in my heart that your hearts are in the right place and that you're trying to do the right thing. And I think by and large, you've absolutely achieved it. And I think you deserve every bit of success that you guys have had. And I hope that we, I'm looking forward to the 10 year anniversary show. I appreciate that. All right. Why don't we talk about one more thing that's awesome, then do a quick spot of relay your feels and then I'll uh, let you go for today. This week's episode is also brought to you by Red Hat. What does it mean when every commercial bank in the Fortune 500 relies on Red Hat for enterprise software? Or every department in the executive branch of the US government? Or every airline in the Fortune Global 500? It means that more than 90% of all the companies in the Fortune 500 understand the value of supported enterprise open source software can bring to their business. If the value of open source is the rapid innovation, freedom, and interoperability that comes with community powered technology, then the value of Red Hat is taking responsibility for that technology, testing it, enhancing security, and certifying that it will work in your data center. So what is Red Hat doing that is making such a big difference? Well, it's simple. Simple, but not easy. They make sure that you can get all the benefits of open source without risk the risk of doing it all yourself. No one else can make that promise, much less keep it. So visit redhat.com to see how they can help Help your enterprise with application development, storage, and cloud computing. Red Hat, different for the sake of better technology. I did just want to mention on what we were just talking about mm-hmm. um, that I really appreciate everything you've done for me, just <coughs> as being the person to believe in us enough to be the first person to have an original show, um, but also for just being someone who is such a good friend and was always there and has always been such a great uh, proponent of what we do and a great cheerleader for us and, and I really, really appreciate it. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I mean, I, I don't think I'm doing anything special. I think I'm just doing what, what you would do if the roles were reversed. But I don't know. Well, I, I am special, Casey. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I, I just, I'm, it, it's wild to see, you know, you and I have, have not really known each other that long. We've talked about that on and off throughout the entire arc of um, of this show. We haven't really known each other that long, and yet I think I speak for you in saying that I feel like we're we're very, very old friends because I think in so many ways we've connected um, so strongly. And and I, I don't talk to Stephen as often, but I feel like I can say the exact same thing for Stephen, and, and I certainly would hope that he would say the same for me. And And so when you see your old friends even though there's a little asterisk at the end that says, well, they're not really that old friends, but whatever. <laughs> you know, when you see your old friends just do so well, you know, and, and, and to be a, an infinitesimally small part of that, it's, it's just extraordinary and, and it's really phenomenal. And, and I'm really proud of you and I'm proud of us. But um, to, rather than continuing to, to turn this into the Mutual Admiration Society, why don't you uh, tell me about what Holger asked? Um, so I've been speaking a lot today. So this is this is your chance to answer, considering <laughs> this is addressed to you. Casey recently said, one should use this is what I do for a living as an icebreaker. By the way, I have no recollection of what this is an old Yeah, this one is old I've feedback. Had in document for a while. Uh, maybe we were talking about conferences. Maybe this was before WWDC. Yeah, it might have been. Um, so Holger goes on. I was wondering why we, in general, often start discussions by using our job or income or what we do for a living. Uh, have you ever thought about if this is the right way? Why are we defining ourselves so much about the thing paying our rent and not the thing that we choose to spend our money on? So we define things by like our income, not what we we define ourselves by our income and not what we spend our money on, like hobbies or activities. Yeah, you know, it's a very interesting point. And the reason I said this, and again, this is feedback from a ver- from long ago, um, the reason I said it was because I think it's a socially acceptable question to ask. You know, what do you do for a living? Even I, I was thinking about this, you know, leading up to the show, and I was trying to think of, like, what are alternatives to what do you do for a living? And the first thing that I thought was fairly innocuous was – 
where did you grow up? But if somebody that I'd never met asked me randomly, where did I grow up? I would probably be taken aback by that because like, why does that matter? Even though it's probably a much more interesting question. You know, where did you grow up? Well, you know, Mike, you grew up in London. Well, that's half a planet away from where I live. There's so many fascinating things to learn, learn from you about that. Whereas you saying, well, I, you know, a year ago, um, when you say I do marketing for a living, cool, man, you know, <laughs> um, similarly, you know, what do you like to spend your money on? Excuse me? Like, I understand Holger's point. He's absolutely right. But it's a far less socially acceptable question. The other thing I thought to myself was, you know, do you, especially if you meet someone of, a, of at least our age, well, do you have any children? Eh, that can get really offensive really quickly if, say, you have really big fertility problems. So that's kind of out. And I guess what I'm meandering into saying is I don't really love the what you do for a living as an icebreaker but I've yet to come up with what's a better option. And so if listeners, you do have a better option, please tweet that at me or perhaps Mike and I, but at least at me, uh, because I genuinely love to hear it. I'd love to hear what you would use as a better icebreaker. I think I've told this story previously on the show, so I'll make it quick. But one of my favorite things to ask couples, especially couples who are clearly older than I am, is, you know, oh, how long have you been married? And if the answer is more than like, 10 years. Oh, what's your secret? And it's fascinating to hear both members of that couple answer that question. Um, because oftentimes the guys will just kind of be snarky and say, yes, dear. Uh, you know, that's their answer probably eight times out of 10. But the women especially tend to have much more thoughtful and interesting answers. And every great once in a while, the guy will have a really thoughtful and interesting answer. And, and I really enjoy that. Um, so if you happen to be in a situation where you're meeting an older couple, I really love that question. Uh, Mrs. Soup in the chat room came up with an actually an excellent one. What is your favorite way to spend a free day? That's a really, really clever question. Because it doesn't necessarily involve money. It doesn't necessarily involve anything that... Yeah, I can't think off the top of my head of any way that that would be offensive. I'm sure that you could come up with one, but I I do think it's a very interesting question and a really in a really solid way to get to the to the heart of what someone is because that's really what an icebreaker is is about, right? Is trying to get someone to open up and tell you about themselves. And so, a question like "How would you like to spend a free day?" or maybe even something like "What was your favorite vacation?" Now, granted, depending on where you are. What, what is your favorite vacation could have some societal pressure like, oh, I better say the time that I went overseas because I'm at some hoity-toity country club. Um, but hopefully people would see through that and just say, you know what? My favorite vacation was when I went to the zoo with my little boy or something like that. Um, I don't know, Mike, have, do you have any good ones that you enjoy? Icebreaker questions or comments or anything like that? Literally zero, because I'm so bad at this. Yeah, I'm not very good with icebreakers. I think I've said that before on the show as well. When I'm integrated into a conversation, I do okay. But when it's just like me walking up to a random person and saying, hi, I'm Casey, I'm not good at that at all. It kind of freaks me out. I don't know. Any other thoughts about this? I think it's a lot easier to do this sort of stuff when you have common ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, if you're at a conference, it's a lot easier because you could say, oh, what sessions have you gone to? Or, you know, what brought you to this conference? Is it because you do it for your day job or do you do it on the side? You know, things like that. And so any sort of commonality, you're absolutely right, Mike, is another great place to start. Yeah, that's that's almost the easy way. So you have something in common that you know before you've even spoken to someone. That is a real help. Yep. Absolutely. But, you know, it may not be the only way. And again, sometimes the kind of off the wall questions, especially if you're asking it of the right person, which is hard to know up front. Sometimes those are great. And you should see some of the smiles I've gotten from asking, oh, you know, how long have you guys been together? What's your secret? I've gotten some wonderful smiles and some wonderful, wonderful stories to come from that question. Again, it's a very limited use. You know, you can only really use that on on a couple that's older and clearly been married for a while. But gosh, is it fun to hear those answers? Right, so I think that brings this episode uh, to an end. Uh, we have now, we're now into year two. That's incredible. 
Hooray! Happy birthday to us. Hooray for us. Uh, and this is the last episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> if you want to find our show notes this week, go to relay.fm slash analog slash 53. Thanks again to our sponsors, Red Hat, Linda, and Fracture. If you'd like to find us online, you can find us both on Twitter. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Casey is at C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey Liss. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, to this show, especially if you've been around since the beginning. Um, and here's to many more. Until next time, say goodbye, Casey Liss. Goodbye, Casey Liss. All right. There goes my drink. Oh, That's crap. not good. On the computer? Luckily, over the floor. No, uh, my computer's uh, risen. Oh, man. <laughs> it is risen indeed. That's no good. No, whiskey on the beige carpet is a bad thing to happen. Why don't you take a moment and collect yourself? Yeah, I'm going to be right back.